Hello, hello, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of Bourbon, the show of Jimmy Russell again, the show of the 1988 Crystal Light Gymnastics Championship, or is it Gymnastics Dancing Championship? I don't know, but for those of you that are in the know, that might explain some of the mystery surrounding the theme song to this wonderful podcast, but it's not about me. This is about... Jen Kaiser. Jen Kaiser, the bar manager over at Geraldine's at the Hotel Vincent in Austin, Texas. It is a lovely hotel. It smells good. It's shiny. The Muddy Waters cocktail, which is a combination of cold brew coffee, cognac, and other amazing spirits that make you feel oh so good. Met Jen a while back when she was working at the famous Midnight Cowboy the dream team, as I've referred to them before. We have a great chat, and I think there's a lot of surprises here for me not having known Jen too well, and for you out there listening who just might have had a few run-ins with Jen here and again. I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Jen Kaiser. realize what I was getting into. I mean, I had some ideas, but... How different, how much more, what's the word, how much more seedy is it than the pictures reveal? Um, It gets pretty hairy. Like, I mean, (laughs) you know, when you get back at camp after a long day and you wake up early, like 7 a.m. days, you know, for bartenders, that's like... That's torture. Painstaking, Um, So it's it's wake up really early every day and like all day you're just going, getting shuttled around and... It's a really cool experience because you're getting to, you're getting to go to distilleries and you're, you get to go to the cooperages. Right. And, you know, it's it's awesome. You know, you're, it's just it's, it's tiring. Yeah. And then you get back and you have dinner and then it's just there's a lot of drinking. And, I can't you know, imagine. It's tasting, quote quote, but right. it's, it turns into drinking. You know. Well, you want to taste. There's. Do, do you not feel like so tasting's good? Yeah. I mean, you can get it pretty far across your tongue and get the point mm-hmm. but there is that extra little kick yeah by swallowing a spirit that you yeah. get yeah and there was a there was like no spitting happening yeah exactly. no, yeah so you know for me it was like okay i have to pace myself i have to make at least make it to dinner um and remember <laughs> things you know and be right. able to like get somewhat of an education i don't want this experience to just be like oh yeah i partied for a week and i don't really remember much i wanted to like really get the education yeah. and i wanted to come back and you know, turn that into a class that I could teach people here. Pay it forward. Right? Um, yeah, exactly. And um, so for me, it was it was it was different because I I didn't you know party really hard, but yeah. you know a lot of people around me had been before, and so mm-hmm. you know I think like the second time around, third time around, it's all about the party. Is it? Yeah. Uh, because you know how much more can you learn if you've already? It's been? true. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I actually applied to go back this year. Um, Which the deadline was just like yesterday, wasn't it? Monday? I'm not sure when the deadline was. Yeah, it just um, happened this week. I, I put my app in like right away, but 
I would like to go back again. Just, just, um, you know, they do different distillery tours each year, yeah. and so you know, to to kind of expand on that a little bit, and because um, everybody does it differently. Yeah, I mean, Beam is a different mash bill, different process. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you mentioned Parker Beam. You yeah. listen to him talk about Booker, that, the process. Uh, 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 Freddie No. Oh, sorry, I Freddie was, th- no. I was yeah. thinking <laughs> Heaven Hill. <laughs> Heaven Hill is always on the brain. Everybody, I'm sorry. It's very, yeah. But yeah, uh, Fred Fred No. Right? Yeah, yeah, Fred No was um, was there, and he kind of got he got us through our tasting. Although he 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 mentioned several times that he doesn't taste. You know, he drinks and he drinks. Um, yeah. and he did, and he he, he just drank with us basically, and yeah. just told stories about his family and growing up, and you know, rolling barrels around in the yard, and and that's where they got the idea for like the Devil's Cut. Oh no, and, kidding. Like, you know, just just really cool stories. You know, he likes to talk about like. Um, you know the celebrities that they get that yeah. come out and did he have any like, like him and um oh god what's the the white trash rocker guy's name Kid the, Rock Kid Rock yeah that, Kid Rock of course Michigan's pride and joy yeah besides no, RoboCop I mean, he, that's he all like, he got. you know he's like me and me and Kid Rock we're like buddies you know and he's telling the story about <laughs> how he got dared to get a tattoo and um he did it and you know of course we're all like show us the tattoo yeah you where know? was and the tattoo he has a Jim Beam logo on his oh, on his brilliant. on his arm. Uh, but you know, he's just a, he's a cool, he's like the grandpa you always wanted, right? You know, the, the grandpa that will be like, sit down, let's have some drinks, you know? Um, and then you start uh, racing just, motorcycles. Like. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just like a really fun day. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, before going there, I didn't really have a like high regard for Jim Beam. It's so strange. Uh, I, mean, I guess we all you know? have it. What, what do you think it was that, that gave you that interpretation? I think before? it's the kid rock thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, I, I do. I think it's just it hurts a brand. I got to put it out there. The kid rock hurts a brand. I mean, it's not specifically that, but it's right. that sort of like genre of spirit where they're like, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah, get fucked and, up. it's not particularly nuanced, yeah. right? Like right. that's the thing about bourbon. It's like, let's, let's drink. You yeah. Know? <laughs> which, yeah. Which, which is fine for seriously, sure. Seriously. Like I do that, but like, but there's a layer that there's yeah. bound to be a layer that that's, there is a layer in bourbon beyond that sure. and what you're tasting and there is an artisanship craftsmanship mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. that people that are just like, let's get fucked up. They don't ever look at that. Right. And that's maybe the second tier. Right. right? So first tier, you drop it down and then you're getting fucked up. Yeah. Maybe the kid rock layer, if you will. It's the kid rock layer. It's the cheap. It's the cheap. You right, know, right. It's, it's the like, what can I get for five bucks? You sure. know, um, I guess that was just my the stigma that I had in my head about yeah. it. Um, but you know that I guess that's what Camp Runamuck is all about, right? It is about changing people's minds yeah. and showing you what like history is there and what like love for the craft is actually present. Yeah. And they did; they totally changed my mind. Um, and I I never disliked their products. I just wasn't like, oh, you should try this beam. It's right. amazing. You're you know? inspired by that. Uh, you know, it was like Knob Creek was never like, oh my god, it's so delicious. Yeah. It was, it was good, but you know, it wasn't like the go-to, you know. Right. Um, but I just, I, I really do think that 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 they changed my mind a little bit. You That's know, I just know thing. the family a little bit more and the history of it, and and it makes me more proud of the product, you know. Yeah. And do you so. think that's that's pretty common in the industry? When I, I was in San Antonio last week, and I was talking to Jarrett about salesmanship, and, and I I say these names, and I fucking I should never like do that. But I was at the <laughs> I was at the Brooklyn. I sure. just talked talked to the owner. And he was saying, you know, you buy from people that you've got a relationship with. You buy from people that you want to buy from them because you mm-hmm. buy into the people, mm-hmm. right? And that's sure. that's exactly that situation with Beam. But yeah. do you feel like that's pretty prominent in spirits? I mean, you're a G- yeah. bar I mean, manager GM now, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of deal with that all the time. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I, I connect more, you know, with mm-hmm. the people. 
Um, and, and then when you know the people who are involved in the product and you see their passion for it, yeah. um, that's inspiring, you know? So I think companies that hire well, um, do well, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and if they hire people who are super passionate and not just there for the job, but actually there because they love what they're doing and mm -hmm. what the product says and what the company says about them, then they're doing their job just by talking about it yeah. because their passion's, you know, it's visible. Right. And, and, it, it, and I definitely appreciate that. It's contagious, know. isn't it? It is contagious. Yeah. Like someone that's really, really super excited and passionate and earnest about spirits, whether it's bourbon, mezcal, tequila, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That it is infectious. It is. You know? Yeah. And and I think that's a good way and to And I have be. a lot of friends that are in brands and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think of them when I write a menu or when I do a tasting for my staff yeah. or, you know, when I want to do a, a project or, or, or have like an event, you know, those are the first people that pop up, sure. you know, um, because they're the ones that are there making sure that, that I know who they are and I know how passionate they are right. and I know more about their product. And, um, you know, for instance, you know, like Evan Meeker with Del McGay uh -huh. now, you know, oh, his McGay passion now? is so animated in his like speech, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah. he talks about it. It's like, he's talking about his child, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's Absolutely. like, he's so proud. And it just makes you like a little tear in your eye. <laughs> like you are just the cutest, just masterful like right. mezcal lover it's such a stark um, contrast right like yes. you, they just you listen to the radio yeah it's like those guys don't give a shit yeah. they're singing about lost love <laughs> they can give a fuck less yeah but like to be to bring it back to like an analog realm in a sense yeah and, like person to person and mezcal being probably the to me the most organic not literally but the most just pure and primal spirit mm -hmm. that's out there right it needs that message needs to be carried like that. You yeah, know? And bourbon's the same way, but it's just it is. And you know, there's bourbon is just so much more widespread. There's yeah. so many um, different you know levels of it out there, and there's right. different levels of you know ambassadors and stuff. But I think it's the it's the little guys who are trying to make it in the world where all these big guys have already been for so long. Right. Um, you know, for instance, like High West is like one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it does have a lot to do with the people, but it also I I really like just kind of appreciate their honesty in their product. Yeah, and like, full disclosure. Yeah, and just the way that they handle themselves. It's like, hey, man, we have nothing to hide. This is who we are. Yeah. This is what we believe in. Well, shit, that's refreshing. Yeah, right? exactly. Because it is, because especially in whiskey, Like, honesty? Man. What? Wow, yeah. what? <laughs> so, Such a lonely word. It, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's things like that that I really, like, I gravitate towards, yeah. you know? And um, and it, the product, I believe in, too. I think it's I think it's a good blend, and I think they're doing the right thing with it. Yeah. And, um, I'm happy to support people like that. And um, yeah, that's that's exactly how I look at things. It's good. I mean, it's truth in advertising in mm -hmm. a sense too. You know, they, you can count on the people. You can count on what they're saying. You can hang on those words right. in a truthful way. I think it's really, really important. Right. And it we drift from that. <clears throat> you know, the I use the word craft as a modifier, not as a mm -hmm. as a uh, a positive term necessarily. But it, it's something. It's almost like a handicapped in golf you know it's like well it's craft it's like oh yeah, yeah i get it I get so it. that's I get why it costs so much and that's takes so why long. it's so expensive <laughs> and it tastes like tastes half as good as something that's half very as medicinal much. or something right <laughs> but, it, but it, it's just it's yeah. one of those things and there's lots of smoke and mirrors with it so it's mm -hmm. always good that camperonamuck specifically is trying to disambiguate yeah trying to educate and really shed light on a lot of those other brands. Like, I think that mm -hmm. Old Crow was one of the highlighted brands at one point. I don't know if it was the year that you went, but I chatted with Lindsay a little bit. Yeah. Like, and that's just this passion brand for her. Like, no one really cares about it. It's not yeah. popular. 
Yeah, right. and the, it's the connecting of the front line, which yeah. is the bartenders and, you know, people who make it. Right. And usually that doesn't happen because there's like an ambassador or there's a salesperson in between or a couple. Yeah. And you just, you never get to the root, you know. And, and that's what I really like about the camp situation is like, you are not only going to the distillery, you're talking to the master distiller. Yeah. And that is no super barriers cool. Whatsoever. You know, no barriers, no salesperson, just right. this is me, this is what I love, and this is what I do. That's an amazing opportunity. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's it's brilliant that Lush Life's been able to do that and yeah. with Cane Camp. As yeah, well. I went to Cane Camp. Did you went to Cane year. Camp? Too. Yeah. That's what I thought. Maybe that's one I yeah. think you did last year yeah. and then Camp Run Amok before. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get picked to go to Cane Camp amazing. the first year. Puerto, Puerto Rico, right? Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, um, you know, Don Q, Rum, mm-hmm. you know, kind of took care of us that whole week. And, that was an, a really amazing experience. I'd never been to Puerto Rico yeah. at all. So that was like, you know, wow, I get to go to this new, completely new place. And, sure. and while it is part of the United States, you feel like you're in another country because it's just so rich in history and, and, totally and, different. Ag- and yeah. agriculture and, and architecture and everything. is. It's like I, I felt like I was in, you know, Spain or, or wow. Cuba or something. You know, it just felt really um different <laughs> and do you feel about rum coming back uh i love it um it's it's something that i'm like not that familiar with so mm-hmm. going to king camp was really cool because i got to learn a lot more about the production methods and yeah. how it's made um so that was really interesting for me um i think rum is great um and there's so many different kinds and different oh, yeah. varieties of flavors and it's, um, it's strange because you would think like, oh, it's just, it's cane. Like, well, yeah, yeah. but then you get the so different many. territories, <laughs> how you process it, second right. pressing, third pressing, all these kinds of things. Right. Rum, do you, I think rum is on the up and up. It yeah, feels for sure. like it. For sure. I know? think like that tiki movement that's yeah. sort of happened in like the last couple of years is helping that along for sure. For sure. And, um, you know, just, um, you know, bringing back uh, rum into the like, you know, I, the, the thing that they kept saying in Puerto Rico is that rum no matter how craft you get with it, no matter mm. how much time you spend on it, no one will buy a bottle that costs more than $15. No, it's totally and true. And it's because people just don't realize that rum could can be at that level. Yeah. You know, and for me, it's like, you know, for instance, like El Dorado or something like oh, that, yeah. like a 12 or 15-year El Dorado. It's so good and it's so worth the money. Yeah. But people just balk at it because it's like, it's rum. Well, rum you know? is a v- like, like okay, you're gonna pay forty dollars a shot for a Pappy Van Winkle, but you're not gonna pay right fifteen dollars for- a shot for something that actually has just as much love. Absolutely, and is just as old. <laughs> yeah, and you know? it's just as old. Totally. Exactly. It's um, so strange. It I is think strange. It, yeah. I think because rum, so bourbon, because it is parallel to Scotch in a sense, you get like mm. the older stuffy people that and don't even get me started like on the bourbon gray market and shit there's people buying it from dallas oh, and, yeah. oh my god but but <laughs> it, it has it's it's an, akin to that even though bourbon shouldn't be bourbon's jazz yeah you know <laughs> bourbon is small clubs mm-hmm. intimate smoky gritty detailed exactly the experience you want with art mm-hmm. but it shares after scotch and so there's been now a secondary market for it peppy van winkle costs hundreds of dollars if not thousands for the 23 year but rum for some reason still seems like a vehicle to get wasted yeah so it's the jim beam of that's right you know the spirits world you know sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. but the whole category it's a whole category yeah it's so strange because there's so much nuance Mm -hmm. there's so many different providers there's so many different ways to make rum yeah distillation talking about el dorado those guys have they deploy like three different types of technical stills you know so Is that ever going to change, you think? I think it's on its way. I think it's just a matter of education. And I think that, you know, that's happening slowly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, in a way it's like the cocktail renaissance, right? Like was like, 
you know, maybe like 10 years ago, that craft cocktail thing started slowly coming back around. Mm -hmm. People were like, ugh, that's so not going to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the more and more and more it started to come around, the more and more people accepted it. So I think it's really just like, it's literally the front line. The bartender's going like, okay, you want old-fashioned? Have you ever had an old-fashioned with Don Q, Gran Añejo? Mm. Because holy shit, it's delicious, (laughs) you know? I mean, and does it take on characteristics just like whiskey? Absolutely. Absolutely does, yeah. So, I mean... You know, it's just a changing people's minds one, Times one are drink a changing, at a time. Right? You know? <laughs> so, Absolutely. And I turn people on to rum old fashions all the time. Oh, it's a beautiful drink. Because they're like, I want old fashioned, but like, what should I have? And I'm like, how about? Try this. This. And they're like, rum. And I'm like, just trust me on this. Yeah. If you Eldorado like it, 12 old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> I would leave right now. It's to go amazing. Get one. Yeah. It's brilliant. Little orange bitters. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, so before all this stuff started, and you were immersed in the industry. I met you when you were actually working at Midnight Cowboy mm-hmm. and then you were at Contigo, and we'll kind of talk about that in a second. But right. where did you grow up? Are you a Texas girl? Mm, kind of. I mean, I was born in Dallas. Okay. And I uh, lived in the area. I lived in Abilene until I was about eight. Oh, no kidding. Um, God, it's stifling, was, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we broke free. <laughs> we broke free. Um, I actually um, I didn't go back very much in my life um, yeah. after we left, but... Um, my grandmother lived there her whole life, and when okay. she passed away about seven years ago, um, I went back for her funeral, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "Oh God, I'm so glad." Didn't ever look back, right? No, I'm so glad that like we moved from here because yeah. it's just yeah. It's, so when did, when did you move? It's, uh, I was about eight years you said old. Eight, right? When okay. we moved, and and we moved a lot. My mom remarried and um, married a, uh, for lack of a better term, a con artist and a con so, artist, a car salesman, con artist. So we traveled. Um, Traveled, uh, I should say. We moved quite a bit um, because of, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, new schemes, new jobs. Yeah, new things were happening. So we moved like every single year. Oh, every single Um, year. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Throughout A couple times in a year. No, um, when I was eight, we moved to Albuquerque, which is where he was from. Oh, okay. So we moved to Albuquerque. We lived there for about two years. Um, We moved two or three times in those two years in Albuquerque. Yeah. And then from Albuquerque, we moved to Gulf Breeze, Florida. Wow. Which is what was going right on there? What? Pensacola. I, Did he have some other job. kind of ski? I don't know. Something. Right? I really don't know, honestly. Was I, this dude? All right, no. Keep I was going. a little too young to quite understand what was sure. going on, or and question even, it, right? Yeah, or yeah. question it. But and even now, it's kind of like I don't even want to know. In a way, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, he's long make gone, a good so movie, yeah. you know. Uh, my yeah, the whole my whole life could probably make a good movie, but um, see that's good. That's yeah. what that's what I'm trying to do here is make sure like a uh, brainstorm of screenplays. Yeah, there you it's go. Screenplay. Yeah, so. there you go. Uh, yeah, Gulf Breeze. I was only there for about nine months, and then mm. from Florida we moved to California. Where about? Um, so we moved that time uh, to El Toro, El Toro which is wow. now called Lake Forest. Yeah, okay. Um, right near Lake Laguna, Mission Viejo area, mm-hmm. um, Orange County. And you were um, still uh, kind of like in your. Yeah, so yet? I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade, when okay. And we moved to California. So sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, mm. I lived uh, in the same house. So that was the, the only time. Most stable so far, Yeah, right? the only yeah. time I'd ever, like, stayed in one place for any time. But uh, sixth grade was jun- was elementary. Uh-huh. And then seventh and eighth grade, I went to junior high. So right, I switched right. schools. And then in ninth grade, uh, I decided I'd had it. With my mom and decided I wanted to move in with my dad, who lived in Richardson, Richardson, Texas. Texas. Yeah. So I moved um, at 14 years old. I moved in with my dad for a year. No kidding. Um, just fucked that up big time. Wait, uh, <laughs> wait. He did or you did? I did. What are you, <laughs> I was just like a a, a teenager who did punk ass. Shit. Yeah. As they say. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was sneaking out. I was drinking. Yeah. You know, I was lying. I was stealing the car. Well, who doesn't? I do some of that. Yeah. I, I right. Steal car. I still do that. No, I'm just <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's a nice car out So my dad, and my dad, I couldn't take me. He, I, I was just really messed up. When was the last time you guys had like kind of hung out and talked prior to you moving in with him? Were you in constant contact um, with him? Yeah, we talked on the phone and yeah. we visited for like Christmases oh, okay. and summers. So you still stuff. got some Yeah, I was, yeah. I was seeing him a couple times a year. And do you have any siblings at all? I have a sister younger who's tw- uh, two and a half years younger. Okay. And then I had a stepbrother who was 10 years younger. Which was the Connors' son? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Trying to keep it straight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so my sister and I have the same parents, but, uh, gotcha. my brother, uh, was, was the con artist's son. Right. Interesting. Um, he was born when we were in Albuquerque. Okay. okay. Um, so I was So 10. Richardson thing didn't work out. Richardson did not work out. Um, my dad, I snuck out of the house one night and he caught me and he, um, locked the padlock on the door. And so when I came oh, back at no. six in the morning, I had to ring the doorbell to get back in. Oh shit. And he opened the door and said, get your shit and get out. So I what went. Were you, what were you sneaking out for? Like, what were I was you just going to go party. I was just drinking with like older kids. And, yeah, uh, I had friends that ma- whose mom was an overnight nurse, so oh, she man. was always gone overnight, and yeah. so that's where we'd party. My mom was. They were in a band, nurse. and so yeah. it was like a bunch of you know, like metal guys. And was that kind of was that kind of were you coming into? Because I I just assume by by proximity that you and Jeff are both into music. Yeah, is that fair? Uh. I him way more so than yeah. me. Yeah, I mean he's a musician, so sure he's the one that's always playing music at the house, and yeah, I, I don't really. But it wasn't honestly, like, like not really your thing. No, nah, I mean when it. I was a kid, like yeah, I loved music, and it was sort of my escape, and, and yeah. I dated guys in bands, and that was like They're the cool the best. thing. Oh yeah, the best. <laughs> oh god, they don't um, ever disappoint you ever. <laughs> it was bad. Um. So yeah. So so he kicked me out. Um. And I spent like three nights in my friend's closet. Um, and in, then, in Richardson, in, Texas. Yeah, in Richardson. That is worth a novel itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is tenth uh, grade was starting mm-hmm. um, like three days after I got kicked out. Oh no shit! So all my friends were about to go to school, and so I was like, "Well, what do I do? Do I go to school? Right, right. Um, or do I just like hang out in the park all day, you know, or go to the mall?" And I was like, "You know, I'm gonna go to school because that's where all my friends are gonna be." Yeah, for so sure. So I started tenth grade. Um, I had no money. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. No, nothing to buy school supplies with. Um, and I, I, I remember this so vividly. I went to the bathroom at, at school mm-hmm. and there was a wallet on the sink that someone had left. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh my God. And I opened it and there was $40 in the, in the wallet. Not bad. And I was like, totally taking the $40. Sure. Like I'm homeless. You need some pencils. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I needed pencils. And I swear that's what I bought with those $40. I, I bet. I'm I sure. bought school supplies. I bought notebooks and pens and pencils and shit like that. Um, and it was like the third day of school and, um, my dad showed up to like my English class with, with up? like the principal. Yeah. Oh, and they Jesus. were like, um, we need to talk to you. And, uh, I, he pulled me out of school. He drove me straight from there to the airport, put me on an airplane and sent me back to my mom. Oh, so God. I never got to say goodbye to any of my friends. I had a boyfriend, like oh my God, never really? saw him again. Yeah. You're, you said you're like 14, I was 15? 14. Yeah. 14. Jesus. <laughs> so Needless to say, I put a bad taste in my mouth with my dad. Yeah, I didn't I talk to him imagine. for I don't know, maybe like a year and a half or so. I don't blame um, him. Yeah, and then he sent me back to my mom, and I was really messed up then. Cause well, you're and you're pissed. <laughs> I like was so whatever pissed. was going on, and you're pissed. I was so pissed. Um, he's the one that kicked me out. That was the thing, you know. Yeah. I was like, how are you going to kick me out and then send me out anyway? Right, like you're going to be mad because you kicked me out. Like it's doing mm-hmm. you a favor. Yeah. It's so strange how people. Well, aren't. he kicked me out, and then he called the cops and said I ran away. So the cops were looking for me, and they were going to all my friends' houses looking for what? me. And yeah, it was just it was mess. just a messy situation altogether. Yeah. 
I was not a good kid. Okay. <laughs> well, like, it doesn't sound too bad. I wasn't thus a far. good. I wasn't good. Though. I mean, I was testing the boundaries for sure. Yeah, but you never um, like stabbed anybody. No, no, no. See, it was, it was that's all self-destructive. <laughs> well, we all get self-destructive. <laughs> that's what the, the early twenties are for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's funny because by the time I was 21, I was over it all. I was like, I didn't even party. I didn't go out. Expedited program, right? I was like, like, I don't care to do all that stuff anymore. Um, Anyway, so yeah. So went back to California, um, went back to, um, and then I went to another high school then because I I hadn't been in high school yet because I was in Richardson. So came back to El Toro, went to 10th grade. After tenth grade, uh, my we moved again, mm-hmm. so we moved to Santa the Santa Clarita Valley. Oh, okay. Which is just north of like the San Fernando Valley, right? Um, so we moved there, and I went to the same school for eleventh and twelfth grade. Oh, cool. Somehow, oh, so so move, and then you have yeah. some stability. Eleventh, twelfth. Two grade. two years at the same high school. Um, somehow I managed to graduate. Um, with with pretty good grades. Why and, is that somehow? Uh, Were you still well, like, partying I just, I and drinking with metal dudes? I was ditching school all the time yeah. and taking acid. And I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was. That's what people, that's what yeah. kids do. Yeah. At school, though. Like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you like, were ditching school at school. I, no, 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 I, I was mean, going okay. to school on drugs. Like, you know, it was. It well, was, that's sometimes that's the only way to bear economics yeah, class. I mean, you know, school for me was easy. You yeah. know, it was like, it wasn't challenging at all. And maybe mm. I'm just super smart. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Why not? No, I mean, I know a lot of kids that had trouble, but I'd. I could ditch and take drugs and still make still do it. So I, uh, I did and I graduated and I got into San Diego state. No shit. Um, which I only applied to party schools. That was like my goal. I was like, (laughs) ASU, Texas. It was literally, it was like Chico state, San Diego state, State, uh, Santa Barbara. Um, yeah. ASU. Like basically where can I go? That's I'm going to party really hard. Yeah. And, um, none of them accepted me except for San Diego state. Right. Right. And, um, so I was like, well, I guess that's where I'm going. You Might know? as well. They'll take me who I am, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All the other places wanted me to write like an essay, you know, but why do so, I want to get but in? But think about, think about this. Like, so if, if, if someone was just to, to write down a format, it's like, well, Jen was doing acid, going to school high, <laughs> kind of did good still. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected you like, no, I'm going to see it through, through college. Like yeah. I, I thought the story would have ended right there, but yeah. <laughs> you still, but you still did it. Well, like, I didn't you went. graduate, but, but I did. still, you like, you went, you went to I it. I did it. Well, and I graduated when I was 17. So I was Oh, young. wow. Even younger. Yeah. yeah. I was young and, and really dumb and not ready. <laughs> really dumb. Not ready for college. I moved right into the dorms. So it was like party central. And, yeah. You know, San Diego being 15 minutes from Mexico, where oh, you only man. have to be 18 to drink. It yeah. was like, it was bad. So, Perfect I mean, opportunity. I partied. I partied real hard. My parents said, don't work. We want to just have you concentrate on school for the first semester. Mm. And that was my opportunity to just party as much as I wanted, as nice. long as I went to school and made okay grades. So, And you did. And I did. I made like all A's and B's that semester. Did you Did you have what one calls a major at that point? Uh, or no, just I was doing... undeclared. I, I was taking art. I was going to be an art student. Yeah. Like, that was going to be my thing. Did you, you know? were, was that something that you felt passionate about Yeah, I was on? super into art at that time in my life. I, I took a lot of art classes in high school. Did and, you ever draw, paint? Or... Yeah, I, was, I, I did like drawings and I did acrylic painting. Oh, okay. And, um, mostly that was the, those are the two things I was really into. Who, so, and I love art too. Yeah. What are you like a not objective artist, modern art, do you, impressionism? What's your thing? Um, you know, like I think, and still to this day, and even then, like my favorite artist was Salvador Dali. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, maybe it's the acid, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Any melting clocks look good on acid I've heard. No, I mean, it just, I don't know. Like his weird, I read a lot of his diaries in college too, because uh-huh. I had a class I had to do like this massive presentation on one artist. So right. I really got into his head and 
and I just like identified with his weirdness a lot so and 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 kind of like the just sh- uh, shunning of like society and like yeah. what people think that you should be and I, you know I, had I was it. like he's like yeah he was speaking to me you know it so, makes sense right yeah. like re- rebels yeah the rebel cause yeah no I had a an art teacher in community college oddly enough in Houston who she was a huge Salvador Dali fan and was an art teacher thereafter and she sat next to him on a plane wow and. She could not have been more upset about that whole experience. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just he's saying how much of a pervert he was, and oh, like yeah, all the I'm passes sure. and stuff. And no, like, he was a he was a serious sex like oh, alcohol, sure. like sex addict. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, very strange, uh, super super weird. It's very, um, but that's what makes yeah. it good. I think. Well, it makes for an interesting read. That's for sure. If you yeah. read his diaries, you're like, what? Really? And then you look at his art, and you're like, what? I don't it all know. makes it's sense, just, though, doesn't it? it? Nothing makes sense, and that's why I like it. Oh, rather, you know okay, what I mean? Okay. Like, but it, it does. It's not a surprise that it's so strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, I saw a picture recently. Someone posted on Facebook of like Salvador Dali walking his anteater in New York City, <laughs> and he's coming out of a subway with an anteater on like a. On a leash. Yeah, it's so strange. And it doesn't make any sense. It's like, why? There are hardly you know? any ants on New York sidewalks. What are you <laughs> and, thinking? And an ant, I know. It was just, it's bizarre. It's um, so strange. But yeah, I know I was like really into like Van Gogh yeah, yeah. And, and classic stuff like Matisse sure. and Monet and um, Van Gogh for sure. M- Monet, man. Uh, Monet, yeah. I love. Yeah. I, I, impressionist for sure. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then like the weird sort of like trippy, you know, Dolly stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So that was like what I thought I was going to do. And, and, you know, two years in school and, and I started, I had to get a job. At one point, my parents were like, it's time for you to get a job. And then something had to give and it wasn't going to be partying. Right. <laughs> I needed the job so I could party. So school just kind of took the back burner. Yeah. I, I went on academic probation and then I was only allowed to take two classes and I got like a D and a C. Oh, man. And then they were like, yeah, yeah it's you're, time for you to go. You're out, right? Oh, yeah, shit. pretty much. So, what, year, what year was this when you left college? Uh, 97. 97, okay. Yeah, so 95 through 97, I was at San Diego State. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then I tried to make it on my own. I was like, I'm not moving home. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, I could not find a job to save my life. Um, I was waiting tables before and then I had quit that and I could not get another job. Um, I don't know why it was really weird. I had like great experience waiting tables and, mm-hmm. you know, I was only applying at like, you know, sports bars and stuff. So I couldn't, yeah. I didn't understand why I wasn't getting hired, but um, I ran out of money a long, long time ago. I was like selling blood like twice a week oh, to no get shit. money and it was bad times. Yeah. I was sharing an apartment, a one bedroom apartment with another girl. Like my rent was $250 a month and mm-hmm. I couldn't even do that. Damn. So I was like eating her leftovers. Like, are you going to eat the rest of that? Uh, like, <laughs> it's the it's just parsley. It no, super, I'll eat the parsley. It was super college-y, you yeah. know, like super like nineteen. Don't have a clue. Um, do do so, you, do you kind of look back at that and say like it was nice to have struggled a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I often think about like would I have changed anything? And I guess the only thing I would have changed is I probably would have studied more. I like yeah. I would have taken the school part a little serious, more serious. Right. Um, but going and doing and i don't know i like where i like my life now so yeah. in that aspect like if i had changed anything it probably wouldn't, wouldn't be have here it. you know yeah right so that's good though that's you know, a good yeah, way to look not, at not no real regrets um you know other than like wow i really was just a shithead back then you know <laughs> and, I, and i tell my parents like I'm, I'm i've told them i'm like i'm sorry like I was an asshole, you know, and they're like, and, thank you. Fine. Well, my dad was an asshole when he was a kid too. And he was I like, bet. you're just paying me back for yeah. everything I did to your grandparents. So, um, which Karma, is man. probably true. And sure. my mom too. So, 
Um, yeah. But so what, what was the first gig that you, so you, you're kind of struggling, but eventually you found yeah. maybe something serving, doing cocktails? Um, doing- I was waiting table. So I had, I moved home, uh, which was at the time my mom had moved again. So she was We're- living in Northridge. Okay. Northridge um, is? It's, it's in San Fernando Valley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just north of LA. Um, so I moved back home, uh, which was not really home at and that time. And you're probably time. like 19? I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moved home, just started waiting tables again. Um, started hanging out with all the kids that I hung out with in high school. Um, got pregnant. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was it a boyfriend or just a it guy? Was, it was, you know, a guy that I like dated a little in high school yeah, and, yeah. and we just kind of reconnected when I moved home and. Not, not like a boyfriend, boyfriend, right? Or anything. But just, someone you had some kind of like you. Knew yeah, no, I that. knew him. I mean, we knew each other for a couple, you know, quite a few years at that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he he was awesome. You know, he wanted to get married, and and I didn't. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, that was a bizarre time. Well, um, so yeah, you got to. I mean, fill yeah. me in. Did, how did it? So do you have a? I well, I decided to, uh, I wanted to keep the baby because yeah. uh, you know all the other options didn't sound appealing to me at all. And even though I was nineteen, I was like, you know, I I made this mistake. I have right. to, you know, I have you to just deal want with it. You're going to deal with it. Yeah. And I grew up like real fast. So um, all the partying and all the bullshit that I had already been getting into yeah. stopped immediately. And it's I so, took it's it very sobering serious. Moment, it was. It? it was like, okay, this is happening. And yeah. so, you know, doctor every month, you know, prenatal, like, you know, no drinking, no smoking, exercise, right, eating well, right, right. doing everything I could to like make this the right way mm-hmm. uh, and then I had some complications at seven months and ended up losing the baby so how'd you feel about um, it because awful, awful awful well no of course yeah. of course right yeah but no it, but, it was horrible it was like the worst thing that ever happened to me however um you know looking back now and that's this was 15 years you know 17 years ago now yeah. um it it definitely happened for the right reasons right. I mean I did everything I could I I don't have any regrets I didn't get an abortion and then regret it for the rest of my right, life right 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 um, I didn't give it up for adoption and regret it for the rest of my life. You worked hard. You like. I tried. I tried. And, you know, and and it wasn't meant to be. And um, and and it was seriously just um, just a complication. You know, yeah. a physical complication. So. Well, and that's um, those are the kinds of things in life that set you on a different trajectory. Yeah, it changed know? my life a hundred percent. Um, had that not happened, who knows? I'd probably be in jail or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So. It happened. It was awful. And then about three months later is when I moved to Austin. No kidding. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't be where I was and be successful. And yeah. I think my dad knew that, and so he contacted me. Um, uh, he contacted me. He had just moved to Austin. Okay. Um, and he he said, you know, I had just turned twenty one, literally like mm-hmm. uh, three. I think maybe he was. It was on my birthday. I think he called me. Yeah. And it was my twenty first birthday, and he said, "You need to get out of there." Like you are doing nothing with yourself. Just you're just yeah. depressed. You're you're not happy, and you need to start over. You need to refresh, restart, blank slate. Yeah. Get the fuck out of L.A. Um, you should come to Austin. It's the most best place for a 21 year old to be, and <laughs> it's coming up. And you know, it's a small town, but it's we're growing, and I think you'll really like it here. It's fun. There's lots of stuff to do, and um, I was like. I why not? Like I have nothing yeah. holding me back. Like what, what was your if pop doing? Um, he had just got divorced actually uh-huh. uh, from my stepmother, who he was married to for sixteen years. Oh wow! Who I hated. Um, so so it was silent cheer. It was like <laughs> he was like, "Come be my roommate, and oh, like okay, we'll okay. we'll we'll do this thing together." It'll be and, great. 
and it'll be great. You can we can live together until you can get on your feet and you can get your own place and cool. um we'll just be roommates. And yeah. I was like, that's weird, but okay. Sure. Yeah, why not? Not a bad opportunity. I no, mean, were you had you guys mended? Yeah, all oh that, yeah. All by we that did. time you guys were We cool. did, and especially like when I lost the baby, he was really, you know, there for me during yeah, that yeah. time and um so that yeah, we had definitely mended all the 14-year-old shit that had happened. Gotcha. So because this um, was seven seven years later, yeah, it's quite a while later. So, um, yeah, it was um, it was the best thing that could have ever happened, and I think probably the best thing still to this day that ever happened to me. Yeah, was him being like, slap, "Come on down," you know, yeah. slap me across the face. Like, That's what so are you cool. doing with yourself? Get over here and start over. Yeah. So I moved to Austin. and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> what year were you? Uh, I moved here in '98. Okay. November okay. of '98. Um, and I didn't know anyone. Right. Yeah. My dad was the only person I knew here, and meeting people was really hard for me. And just why? Um, why is that? Because you seem pretty gregarious. I, and... Well, yeah. I I don't know. I think my self esteem was pretty shot at that time yeah. in my life. Well, you're kind of like on an upswing, and, trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. And, and I and I just I don't know. I didn't want to um fall back into bad habits so yeah. it was really hard to meet people like without going to bars or gotcha you know there and, and austin was pretty small then so yeah. there wasn't oh, yeah. really yeah. much actually um going on really and, sense, and, right. and you know my dad being the only person i knew it was kind of hard like going out with my dad yeah. like trying to meet people like yeah that's my dad over there and they're <laughs> like cool. that's strange you know <laughs> um and i and i didn't have the right job i was i was determined not to be in the service industry yeah. so i was like bank telling and um, working at a jewelry store no on Sixth Street and um, not what's, happy. What's it, that one on on Sixth Street? Is it the one that's still there? Um, so it one? is where um, like Rock, not Rock of Ages, but it's there's a tattoo shop like yeah. right across from like Casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where it's that it's that building. Oh no, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but. Remember the guy who used to do spray paint um, paintings in On, that little oh, yeah. alley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember his name, but um, I don't either. But I remember he, he, was he used to live it. above um, that building and he owned that building, but. Um, or rented it at least. Uh, yeah. and so he was the really crazy guy who was like fucked up from inhaling spray paint for well, years. You, yeah. He was my boss <laughs> at the jewelry store. No shit. And literally the first day I worked, they gave me a key to the store. No kidding. And I was just like, okay, that's weird. And money was always missing and things were always missing. Oh, and man. It was just not good. That's not good. Uh, I only lasted like two or three weeks there. Oh, just um, not your thing? N- well, no. It's I mean, like weird... no organization. Everyone yeah. was getting accused of stealing and, and everyone was stealing. And, <laughs> and it was just like, I don't even want to be a part of this. So, yeah, um, that didn't last. But the I worked at a bank. I worked at Motorola at the credit union no kidding. Um, for a, a while. And I hated it because everyone I worked with was married and kids. And yeah, so boring. I didn't have anyone to go out with after work. And when they did, they were just like, let's go have one drink. And I'm like, I don't. I just want to party, you know. Yeah. And it took me about a year before I um I got a, a job at AT and T um mm-hmm. at their call center. Yeah, I know and that's plenty when of people that things worked over there. changed, you know, because it was like I'm working with like 350 people in my age range. Yeah, and they want to party. Oh, I've heard know? stories so, about those people. <laughs> so that was actually like the turning point for sure. Um, for me, especially in Austin, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I get to meet people that I. That I get, you know, that yeah. I can actually have fun with. And, and you guys have similar interests in pricing. Yeah, pricing, yeah, yeah. we want to go to concerts. We want to party. Yeah. We want to get tattoos, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so that's when I started making friends and like really having sort of like a crew. That's cool. And um, yeah. Do you and, think and, you would have left had that not happened? Yeah, I definitely do. Because I, I was already to... thinking about leaving. Really? Um, back to California? Yeah. yeah. Well, I had, I, when I came, I was like, I'll give it a year. And I literally was coming up on that year mark. Oh, shit. I mean, it was like a month away from that Bags year mark. Bags are almost packed. Yeah. I, and I was 
pretty determined that I was going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it just wasn't happening for me. Oh, and and in the meantime, my dad had got a girlfriend. Mm. So that that whole scenario changed drastically because then he was going to her house all the time. And so my buddy, my only person I knew was now, you know, in a relationship. So oh, I hear I'm like single. I don't know anyone. And like, he's not even at the place. He's not even much, there. Right? And and then it was just, yeah, it was time for me to 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 either leave or figure it out. But so. luckily, like it just started to kind of percolate. I figured, I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, good. I mean, that's how it works. You're, yeah. you're, it's the deadlines and that's when mm-hmm. you really thrive and no, it's true. I've always know? worked well under pressure. So yeah. I, I think it's like, it's that. This weird, weird. Uh, <laughs> this, it's weird formula for success. It is. You know, it is. if you don't it's have like, to struggle, like, yeah, what's it's either, urgency? it's either you're going to die <laughs> yeah. or you're going to succeed. And you're like, well, I'm not dying. So <laughs> pretty easy choice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Austin's been really great. Um, it's ups and downs, obviously I've been here for 17 years now, so, um, I've seen it change a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's been, Um, do you like what it's turned into? Yeah, I do. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on. Like I said, when I moved here in 98 98, and now, now of course there's a ton. Too much. It's almost too much. But, um, the only thing that I really dislike about the growth is the traffic. Oh, Jesus. Um, I I really don't mind the growth and and new people coming in and and it expanding because there's more opportunity. Mm. There's more good places to eat. There's more good places to drink. Cocktails, you know? Well, maybe that's the one area that's going to The live music thing is a little depressing. But, you know, where I work now is uh, live music every night. Oh, cool. It's it's kind of like filling that void a little too, for sure. So, was there a long journey between being at AT AT&T and kind of shifting into. A more cocktail centric role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still had in my head like I'm not going to be in the service industry. Yeah, because I had done that like from 14 to 21, mm-hmm. and I was like, and that's I grew up in that. My dad's always been in restaurants, so I just didn't want to. I I knew the struggle. I knew it was you know a hard hard life. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a specific kind <laughs> of life. It is, and I just wasn't. I didn't want to do it. Um, but that changed um, for sure. Like when I started getting. I think it was like when I right after I turned thirty, mm-hmm. and I'm thirty eight now. So it was like right after I turned thirty, and all my friends kept saying like, "Well, what are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna right. do?" It's like, it's like right, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. No, you're you have a cool. You're a bartender, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, well, I'm probably just gonna be a bartender. You know, and it was like, well, no, I mean, like when you get older, like, yeah. What are you gonna do? And I'm yeah, like, where's well, that I'm going? I'm gonna be a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of a joke, but then I started really thinking about it and I was like, well, if I am really going to just be a bartender for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. like I better get a little bit serious about it and not just like hone your skills, right? Not just popping bottles and serving vodka. Did you, did you you work like, so do you, I, cause I always love thinking or hearing about Austin cause I moved here in 2000. So slightly a little bit later, Mm -hmm. but there's bound to have been like the spot you worked at that was kind of real rugged. You would think, right? No, I, well, hmm. I, so my dad owns restaurants. Oh, does he really? Um, in Wimberley. No um, shit. And so that's kind of where I got my start. Yeah, I was going to say, you, that must have yeah, inject, I was working some for genetic him. predisposition. Yeah, and I worked for him. So I was working for him for a couple years, actually. Um, and, and he had a restaurant that um, the space next door opened up, and he bought it and turned it into a bar. Oh, like a, cool. a bar, like nightclub-ish. Like, right, right. Like singers could come in and do their thing. And I was like, well, I want to be a bartender. Because, like, screw this waiting table shit. Sure. I'm ready to, to step up and be a bartender. Right. 
And I knew nothing about bartending. And so he was like, okay, well, you're a bartender. You know, like it was amazing. That easy. Yeah. Um, and it, but it wasn't that easy because it was like, I'll take a martini. And I was like, I have no idea what that How means. do you spell that? No, yeah, no, I had I had bartending for dummies behind the bar and I like flip through it and, and ugh, it was awful. I was so bad at it. Um, and then when I left there, I was like, well, let me find a, a bartending job in Austin, you know? Mm. And I did somehow get hired at the Spider House Cafe. No shit. When was campus. this? This was like, ooh, timelines are hard. Um, maybe, That's oh, a, yeah, it's hard. So it was definitely 2005 or six. No kidding, okay. Um, yeah. Through like 2009. The place was totally different then. Yeah, it was, they had just gotten their liquor license like oh, a month wow. before I got hired. And the bar manager or the manager that was in charge of the bar got fired. So when they hired me, it was kind of like, well, you're taking over for her. Even though I didn't really know much about bartending right. or bars. I was like, yeah, I could do this. Totally. You, yeah. You just got to put the face um, on. Fake it till you make it. You know? That's right. Yeah. And I did. And, um, you know, I'm a really organized person. So and all I needed was some organization mm-hmm. and some cleaning. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's kind of cl- what I did. Still a lot of cleaning over there. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, I haven't been there in a while. So, you know. <laughs> Just take my word for that I'm one. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I mean, I was there for almost three years, and uh, oh, no it was a great wow. time. And I, I, we had, we had some good people working there. I mean, like Aaron Reed and I yeah, were managers yeah. there, and Adam Rose, wow. and John Johnny Walker, and there was a lot of us that are still in in the business yeah, in yeah. Austin that were managing it together at that time. That's so, so cool. We had a good time. We had we had a lot of fun. Um, and when I finally left there, it was just because a lot of management had changed over and it was time to go. But yeah. um, I left there and um, and my dad had opened another uh, restaurant now in Wimberley. In Wimberley, okay. So I went back. But he wasn't and, living there. He was still in no, Austin, he's living, right? No, he was living in Wimberley at the time. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, so okay. he had the girlfriend. He had ended up marrying. Oh. And then they moved out to Wimberley and opened up the restaurant. Gotcha. So, okay. Is it still open? Um, it is. It's called I Know's. Yeah, you've posted some pictures mm-hmm. about because when we were having such terrible weather. Yep. Like it, yeah, it, he's so right on the creek, so they get flooded out every time there's like a lot of rain. So yeah, wow. So I worked there for like two years, and I was then I, then I was like bartending, and I was bar managing, and I was like the basically the general manager. Right. Um, and you felt, I imagine, at this point, you're much more comfortable. Yeah. My, after Spider House, I was much more confident, more comfortable in that. And yeah. So I took over for you know pretty much for my dad. Like when he wasn't there, I was the owner. Um. So I did that for two years, and I was commuting. I was living in Austin and commuting, mm-hmm. so that got a little rough. And yeah, it um, does. I finally left that, um, and uh, yeah, and then I got a job at um, the Whippin. Oh yeah, was this <laughs> Which, when they before they were expanded out? Yeah, or, it was. Um, it was super early on. Like yeah. this was um, two thousand and eight. Oh wow! When I got a job yeah, there, it's eight, it eight or like nine, two thousand nine. Right? Um, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. they, they were having like a couple of guitar players or whatever, but, right. nothing but not like a their food was still being served, like from behind the counter out mm. of steam pots and stuff like that. Wow. Um, and I, it was really like me, I was like, you know, we need to do table service here cause this line thing is just stupid. Yeah. Um, and so I implemented like table service there and got wow. that running and then they expanded and like opened up the kitchen in the back and the food was actually like being made in the kitchen yeah. and not transform the know. whole place. Cause didn't you st- yeah. I used to live over there it was 2004 and yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't and, like that. And it was, that was a cool place to work. I learned a lot about beer yeah. while I was working there and that was cool. Cause I really liked beer and that gave me my beer knowledge. And then uh, I asked for a raise and they were like, yeah, right. You Jog know? on. And mate. I was like, well, I can't afford to like stay working here at whatever eight bucks an hour it yeah. was. And he was, the owner was like, well, good luck in this economy, you know. 
Oh, and I, I, so I was determined to find a job. And like two days later, I got hired at the highball. Oh yeah. The highball was opening. It hadn't opened yet, but they were about to open. Okay. So they hired me as a server because I was willing to do whatever to get sure. out of there. And um, so they were like, you know, you can start as a server. We'll move you into bar as soon as there's an opening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I opened the highball. I didn't know the that. Initial so cool. incarnation of the highball. Yeah, where the um, parking was all slanted. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah. I re- that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's get true. Um, yeah, that was so fun. I mean, that was the craziest job ever at that time that yeah. I ever had because, you know, that place was so big and it the capacity was like yeah. six hundred fifty or something and. Um, you know, with like Fantastic Fest and all the things that were happening right. and association with it, it was just a nuts. So opened the highball. I, I only waited tables for maybe two or three weeks before they put me in the bar. Oh, nice. Um, and then Beautiful. bartended I loved, for man, a couple of years. Man, I loved hanging out at that bar. So big. Yeah, me too. So cool. I mean, I worked a lot and then I got off of work and hung out there. Like That is it the was, place to hang. Like yeah. for some reason, there aren't a lot of spots in Austin. There are more now than there were, let's say, two years ago. But there aren't a lot of spots where it's like, I want to just like hang out here. Yeah. There's not that had such a vibe, and I yeah. don't know what it was. I it really was fun. don't. Well, because there was so many aspects to that place. Yeah. Like you could bowl, mm-hmm. you could ha- just have dinner, you could watch live music, you could karaoke, you could sit at the bar, yeah. you could karaoke. You know, and depending on what was happening on the stage that night, you know, it was like trivia or yeah, yeah. it was whatever. There was always something happening. And there's that like a beautiful gold speckled uh, upholstery. That yeah, was <laughs> I love man, I love that so much. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. So cool. Um. So that was like that job changed my career trajectory i would say because that was working bill hadn't come bill came on about a year after okay um uh so you know the the drinks weren't all that sophisticated but they were for me because i wasn't like we were muddling and measuring and that was weird you guys had that cherry infused buffalo trace you're using old-fashioned i think yeah god that was so good yeah we had a lot of cool stuff and we were doing you know house ingredients and all kinds of stuff that i wasn't used to doing you know um, I'm used to like margarita mix that comes in powder form, right. you know? So that was cool. That was like, holy crap. I'm in like an actual bar now. And, you know, looking back on it, it kind of makes me giggle. But like at the time that was super huge. That mm-hmm. was a huge step for me. And, uh, and then when Bill Norris came on, it was like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'll never forget. And if he's listening to this, he's going to crack up. But better. the first sure. day he came in to introduce himself to everyone, he said, Hey guys, um, I'm Bill Norris. I'm sure you've Googled me. <laughs> and everyone just kind of silently stared at each other like, nope. <laughs> you know, like no one knew who he was because we weren't there yet. You know oh, what I mean? So we were funny, not in yeah. that echelon of bartender scene at all. And so th- just we were like, Burgeoning who, writer, published who, who novelist. Who is this published? guy? Yeah. Why is he like, I'm sure you've Googled me. You know? <laughs> but, you know, he really like, he kind of transformed sort of the, the cocktail menu there. And, yeah. And um, he taught us technique, which was never been taught before, like how to actually stir a martini, yeah. um, how to actually put it in your hand and use it. And that was all news to me. And so that was just really cool. Um, it was a cool experience. And then um, they opened 400 Rabbits in the slaughter location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were looking for people to transfer over. Oh, did you work down there as and well? And I, yeah, I opened that up with them. And so that was really my first, like, um, kind of take charge of the staff. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't the bar manager. I was kind of the head bartender, I guess. Right. Um, but that was like, I'm training, I'm setting up the bar, placing the first order, you know, that kind of That's stuff. That's so that, cool. Yeah. That was really fun. Expanding your skill set. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't like it, honestly. You know, it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Different was, clientele down there, yeah, too. Yeah, it wasn't. Know? It sounds great on paper, but mm-hmm. it just didn't in, in functionality and in, in what it was after it opened and the clientele who were coming in. I mean, we just 
it wasn't sustaining me yeah. um, financially and it wasn't Creative challenging me too. enough, you know? Um, so I, I, I said to Bill, you know, I, I want to go back to the highball. And he was like, well, we filled your spot. There's not mm. an open spot right now. Um, you'd have to come back and start at the bottom like oh, as man. a server. And I was like, well, that's not something I'm interested in. I really don't want to leave the company. Is there anything else that I can do? And they just opened Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. So that was like the, the breakthrough. Like, he's like, what about Midnight Cowboy? And I was like, hell yeah, let's yes. do this. That was an I have amazing no idea time. what I'm getting myself into, but right. let's do it. And I remember looking at the menu for the first time and I had, like it was like reading a foreign language. Like yep. I had no idea <laughs> what 90% of the ingredients were. Right. I was scared. I was so scared. God, you know? what did, when, did it, when did it open? Was that like 2010? It was 2010. No, no, no. Something like yeah. that, right? March of 2010. Yeah. South by that. that yep. Yeah. March. Mm-hmm. And Man. so I came on like April. Yeah. And it, that was... Those were some good times. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. It was so different. It was like, um, I don't know. I mean, and also who I was working with, like who was working there at the time. Right, was right. Adam Bryan, mm-hmm. Josh Loving, Brian Dressel, Stephen Robbins. Yep. Justin Elliott was there, right? Justin yeah. came in after that. Yeah. Um, Jeff Bully came in Jeff, after that. Yeah. But I mean, I was like, I was working with like some serious bartenders. Dude. And I here I am like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And um, and so the, I, I mean, just soaked it all in. I was like a sponge. Is is it? Do you, and I, I, when I was talking to Paula last night about the dynamic between men and women in the industry. Now, Midnight mm-hmm. Cowboy, I imagine, is slightly different. But did you ever, in that kind of cocktail environment, did you feel like it was a boys' club? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was the only girl that worked there, so yeah. I mean, it was definitely a boys' club, and you know sort of they'd never heard of me you know mm. and they were like who is this chick and like what the fuck what's she doing here you right know? right and the attitude was a little harsh at first but i am a really hard worker mm-hmm. and i just went in there and i was like i'm gonna prove myself and i'm gonna work really hard and you know they noticed um you know and i'm pretty easy to get along with too yeah. like i like to have fun at work i'm not like super serious and i and we 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 all got along great and, and there's some of my greatest friends still in the yeah. town, you know, so they taught me a whole lot and they were really open to me asking them a bunch of questions about cocktails yeah, that's and, great. and everything really. There, I asked a, a lot of questions. So. Well, it's, it's just wonderful because it, you know, what makes, I think this, the culture of, of cocktails and mixology, cocktailology, I like yeah, that. Cocktailology, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> we're all really, really, we have this thirst and insatiable need mm-hmm. for knowledge. Yeah. And obviously you're going to know stuff I don't, so I'm going to ask you. you okay. know I mean, it's this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, totally. Like that's, that's the best part about it is that we, we're always learning. Mm-hmm. We're trying to push the envelope forward. And then you talk about the brain trust over there. Mm-hmm. Like Josh, Jesus, yeah. Justin, God. Like it was Brian, awesome all those guys. to have those people to just pick brain, yeah. you know. And Brian was the best. Brian Dressel was he was the the best teacher, even though he probably will disagree. Mm-hmm. Because every time I asked him a dumb question, he very calmly would will, and then he'd respond, yeah. you know. And he would tell me what he knew about it. And I remember like the first couple of months I was working there, and I was like saying something about a spirit, and he's like, "Wow, you know more about this stuff than I do." And I was like, "That's not possible." Whoa, he's like, wait a minute. He's like, "Well, I mean, you kind of do because I can tell that you've been researching because yeah. you know facts and you know weird things about stuff that I didn't even know." And that's what I was doing. I was like Googling my ass off, that's like so reading books and Googling. Because Did you I didn't end up know Googling anything. Bill Norris at that point? Oh, yeah. Well, that had happened. Of course, after he was like, I'm sure you Googled me. Of course, I went home and Googled him. 
um, because I was like, maybe I should have Googled him, you know? <laughs> he mentioned it. I probably yeah, should I just... should probably Google him, you know? It might be a pop quiz or something like that. I know. That. Uh, but, Bill yeah. Norris saves 55 yeah. from burning building. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, that had already happened for sure. So, yes. Um, yeah, so, and what a great time, yeah. So. Yeah, it was a great, great period mm-hmm. and a true transition, like, into the more... Yeah. The later eras, if you will. Yeah. Like I look at it's like Halcyon days to me. Like mm-hmm. you guys were all there. That's where it was really formative for me as well. Learning from Brian, learning yeah. from you, Justin, et cetera, et cetera. But so the next move and then some, some stuff happened. Like Stephen shifted to Contigo. So Stephen Robbins had, had uh, taken over for Houston Eves. Right. Um, as Houston bar manager. Went to Houston San Antonio, went to Esquire. Right? Yeah. So, you know, kind of the, the, the thing that happened was like, like um, Houston said to Stephen, you're the only person I can think of that would fit this bill yeah would you want to come over and be the bar manager and he ended up taking the position so he left cowboy um and then it was a few months later um i think he asked me or i i don't remember who i think i asked him can i pick up a couple shifts yeah because i'm looking for more money i'm trying to save up for a trip and he was like yeah absolutely so i started working like three days a week at contigo while while keeping like my my normal like five shifts at whitman right right and I did that for like four months, and then I took a month off and went on a road trip. And um, United States road trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I did like Burning Man. Oh, nice. Okay. And like the coast of California, and just did a camping like reset my mind. Reset. You know. So, yeah. Um, and when I came back, um, working at Midnight Cowboy just wasn't doing it for me anymore. Um, did it? it the hours. It oh, okay. Yeah, this, you know, the staff had changed over a, a lot, and. Um, and the, just the hours, like working till four or five in the morning, right. and, and working in like a cave essentially, yeah, um, and dealing with Sixth Street and parking, and just the drunk people all the time. It yeah. just it's, it's, it wears you down, you know. Absolutely. And and I think after about two years of that, I was ready to, to for the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles uh, Worrell was working at Contigo at the oh, time. Oh, that's right, I forgot. And he he was, yeah. he was leaving to go to Esquire as well. So oh, I knew a full time okay. position was opening up, and I like called Steven and I was like, I really want that. You yeah. know? And the hours were great and you know, outdoors and it was just like a it's restaurant. A gig, you know, sure. it was normal a hours, step back. normal yeah. people. Yep. And that's what I needed. Um and so I ended up going to Contigo full time. And then ultimately you ended up becoming bar manager. Right. right? And then Steven left um uh, about a year after that and then I took over um as bar manager. So well, yeah. I think that's a good stopping point to talk about the bottle that we selected, and we'll circle back to yeah. Beam, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the Booker's 25-year anniversary. 10-year, not single barrel, I don't think, but 10 years mm-hmm. aged, or 10 and some change, if mm-hmm. you will, at barrel-proof, 65.4%. It's delicious. It's really good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really good. It uh, yeah. makes I, me... Honestly, I picked it not only because of my love for... The no family, yeah. but um, the nice gold, uh, the gold printing looking, on it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what is this fancy bottle? I uh, I got two bottles of this when it came out, and I gave, I brought one down to Oaxaca. Cool. And that was my currency to trade for mezcal because <laughs> 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 hey, I would never that's make a good trade. It was not so bad, yeah. you know. And I, the guys at Vago, they were very, 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 very gracious yeah. and gave us like six, six <laughs> to ten bottles or something. That's so. funny. It's not a bad. No, trade, I mean, but it's, it's great, right? It's really good. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, I love it a lot. I love that packaging too. Yeah, really packaging's beautiful. awesome. Uh, I had never tried it, obviously. So yeah, which is wonderful. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're able to. So I, I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at your shelf and I'm like, what have I not had? And yeah. that that jumped right out at me. So what's well, brilliant? I'm glad we could share that one. Yeah, thank you. No, it's delicious. So when did the Van, hotel Van Zandt officially open? Uh, November seventeenth. 
This so, uh, f- uh, 15. Yep. yep. Uh, so we've been open about a month and a half, yeah. a little over. About, um, I guess, like seven weeks now. When did? How did they proposition you to come in and take over the, <laughs> the bar program? That's a story, too. Um, I wasn't looking. Yeah. I was totally happy at Contigo. Um, I loved the family there. I loved everyone I worked with. I was super comfortable working there. You know, my routine was down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not looking. Um, Jason Cosmos had reached out to me. Um, I think about two months prior to me actually finding out about the position and mm-hmm. said that he had, he knew some people that were opening up a project Yeah, and they're looking for a bar manager and would I be interested? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd be interested in learning more about what it is. Quite, kind of vague, Jason. <laughs> yeah, what very you, yeah. vague. I mean, he kind of wasn't like, he wasn't really like, I'm not really allowed to say right, kind of right. thing, but it's a really good project and this and that. And I'm like, of course, I'm always down to hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm honestly really happy where I'm at. I'm not really looking, but I'd be interested in hearing more about it. And he's like, well, why don't I just, I'll forward your resume to my friend that's involved. And I said, cool, you know? And I said to my resume and I never heard anything about it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he ever forwarded it or not. Um, One day I'm just working at Contigo and this guy comes in, sits down in front of my well. I was working in the service well, so I was pretty busy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he sits down, he orders a couple of drinks and he orders some food and Nothing really stood out other than like the way he was ordering. I could tell he was industry. Just yeah. like, I want a Manhattan, but like some variation, you know? And, right, right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do something for you. And I, I did like a Four Roses single barrel with like Chinar oh, okay. um, and orange bitters instead of, you know, regular bitters and orange peel, you know? And, right. and he's asked me a bunch of questions. Why did I pick those things? And, and you know, I just, I kind of was, I, I was like, who is this guy? Like yeah. in my head. Um. Anyway, he ate and, and nothing much else. And then uh, I gave him his bill and, and then he handed me his card. And it, and it was Tobias Peach, who's the food and beverage director for Hotel Van Zandt. Oh, wow. And he's like, here's my card. I'd be really interested in speaking to you about a job. And when I saw the Kempton Hotels, you know, I knew of that project because mm-hmm. I knew ultimately that that's what Jason was asking me about a while right, ago. Right. So somehow it- Something made it up. So tonight. what had happened was um, Mike Ryan, who's the national Kempton bar education guy, uh-huh. lives in Chicago. He is friends with everybody. He's friends with Cosmos. And, yeah, yeah. Um, he actually knows J.R. Maknu from oh, Vox. Oh, Vox, okay. Uh, because they did Cap together, and, and, and they just know each other from Run Amok and mm-hmm. some other things. So he had reached out to the people he knew in Austin, which was Jay Cos and J.R., and said, hey, who in Austin would you – know that we could talk to you maybe about a job. Right. And I guess both of them mentioned my name. Wow. So I think it was the combination of of the two people mentioning the same person. Um, he told Tobias, go to Contigo and check this girl out. So that's what Scope he was doing. It. He Scope was scoping it, it. Yeah. yeah. So he handed me his card and I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I'll give you a, I'll I'll give you an email or something. So the next day I emailed him and I said, like let's meet up for coffee or something. And mm-hmm. and we did and he just told me about the project and what it was and what the job entailed and I was like Sounded good. That it's it was scary actually. It was like a way big, larger than anything. Oh yeah, yeah, huge job. And I was like, wow, I don't know if I'm ready for that. But <laughs> thanks for letting me know about it. Let me think about it. You know. And then, like succession, I got a phone call from Mike Ryan, mm-hmm. and then I got another phone call from somebody else in the company. They want. They, they wanted were. You. Yeah, they were definitely like trying to get me. And I t- I thought about it for a week. I talked to everyone. I called Jay Cause, and mm-hmm. I was like, should I do this? I called Jr. I called my mom, my dad, right. you know, like I was just asking like It's a big move. Big move. Yeah. And um and everyone 
except for my parents, said, you've got to take this job. What did your parents say? <laughs> my dad was like, you know, you're going to be working for the man. You know, oh, you come know, on, so. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a you know independent owner right you know right. you're going corporate you know be be careful you know but you take um, that corporate experience and you yeah parlay it into and I something. did think about that because I am I am a small family run kind of person but yeah. um you know a job opportunity of this caliber for me probably wouldn't happen again for several years right and so I didn't want to be several years later going what if. Why should no, I should have no point you know? in that? Yeah. So if I do it and I fail, at least I tried. And if I don't do it, I'm going to regret it. Yeah. So let's go. Let's do it. Amazing. Um, so, so you accepted. You started. I accepted. In... I actually they hired me in June. Okay. Um, we were supposed to open at the end of July. Oh wow. So um, I went to Puerto Rico for cane camp, and yeah. then right when I came back, I started um with them. And right when I got back, they found out that their their delay had happened. Their construction delay was oh, like a month. Man. Yeah. So they sent me to D.C. to work in one of the hotels there for mm-hmm. like three weeks, um, just as experience. Right, right. So I went and worked for a Kempton in D.C. for three weeks. How and, was that? Um, horrible, really? <laughs> I guess. Um, the, the city itself, I, I had a blast. Yeah, like yeah. like like living in D.C. for three weeks was awesome, but um. The, the experience of the actual working in the bar wasn't that great because they hadn't had a bar manager for a long time and sort of like the the inmates running the asylum scenario, <laughs> you know, and, and it was kind of like, who is this girl and what's she going to do for us? And um, I, I was kind of just charged with kind of cleaning up something that was a big mess. Right. And it was a lot. And I, you know, ultimately, I think I helped a little but you know what? Could, what can I do really? And it was like a weeks. good way to get your feet wet, though. Yeah, in the company and everything. For sure. No, I mean I enjoyed, um, you know, staying in the hotel for three weeks. That I mean, was who wouldn't? Awesome. <laughs> those are be- they're beautiful hotels. You know, and exploring the city and mm. all those things. I mean, I don't know. I think you know, for me, it's like I want to see the fruits of my labor, and yeah. I didn't get any closure because it was like, yeah, it's just here's like, all my recommendations. Bye. You later. Know? It's like an episode of Bar Rescue or something. Yeah, right? exactly. Like you, how do you exactly. how do you follow up with that stuff? Yeah, but I mean, I maybe that's what it is. It's kind of like a mind game in a sense. Yeah, it's like put you in a situation. Yeah, can you hang? Can you hang? Yeah, and I was can working like fifteen things? hour days. Yeah, like it just was just emotionally debilitate you, just <laughs> yeah. exhaust the shit out of you. Yeah, and see how you can thrive. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I did. You know, I was, see? it was fun. Go. I mean, I didn't. It was. I, I showed up every day. You yeah. know, and, and I worked my ass off and and cleaned and and you know, sorted and organized and, yeah. and, and helped try and train some of the staff a little bit. And so I think I did what I could in the three weeks. I think I did pretty good. But, you know, like I said, I never saw the fruition of it, all that yeah. work. So it's an interesting, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's strange. It's like, <laughs> it's like I mean, there was this movie based on a Toad episode where you you hit a button and you get a million dollars, but then somebody dies. Oh, yeah. And so it's like totally right. out, of, out of sight, out of mind. Right. It's like, yeah, I'll hit the button. Yeah. You know, but it, at the same time, like the consequences of those things and the, yeah, the, the aftermath. Result, yeah. You always want to know that. So right. just, it, it's just, it's in the back yeah. of your conscious. You know? <laughs> so, but the specific concept, so you got Hotel Vincent, yeah. but the, is it bar restaurant? Yes. Geraldine's, right? Geraldine's yeah. is the restaurant within the hotel. Okay. We're on the fourth floor. So we're kind of a little dedicated floor food and beverage floor which yeah. is really cool wow. um you have to take a little elevator up mm-hmm. um you come in and, and like we have some really beautiful views we also are attached to the pool deck oh wow. so we're one giant level of just like pool and restaurant and all open windows lots of views yeah. and 
It's just really cool. And the um, bar concept is encapsulated in the restaurant or is it yes, separate? It's inside the restaurant. Um, we also have a pool bar. Oh, so man. there's a bar um, on the pool deck as well. Yeah. So um, there's a like a kind of a 360 bar inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those sides is um, separated by a glass door. And that's the pool bar on the other side. Oh, amazing. So we're kind of, we're all kind of connected. The bars are connected um, through a door. Um, but. We're all there together, trapped behind a big, big <laughs> square. On the fourth <laughs> floor. What What do you think is the kind of common theme for the, the cocktail program there? So the yeah. only – I've talked to some of your staff, actually, and mm-hmm. Brandon on the yeah. night, too, which right. is, was great. But I've seen these pictures this past week of a neat Long Island iced tea, <laughs> which for some reason, like, classying up that drink looks – it looks amazing. I told not know I classying it up at all. But, but, it, but it's, like, kind of um, simple, a little bit le- <laughs> yeah. less elegant, but, but still just so, easy, yeah. you know? Well, so it, it started as a joke. Okay. Um, and as most things do there. Um, we uh, – it was really Brandon and Derek, uh, my two bartenders that are mm-hmm. there. Um, we, just, we just do stupid things after work sometimes, and – they were like, we're going to start a new movement for the Long Island. <laughs> a and new movement. We're going to serve it neat. Um, and, you know, we're Is gonna... it chilled at least? No. Oh, geez. And and we're going to call it the Lighten Up, the L-I-I-T-N, the oh, my Long gosh. Island Iced Tea Neat. Nice. The Lighten Up, you know. And uh, and everyone's like, whatever, that's stupid. And, um, you know, we had our first brunch on Sunday, and it was me, Derek, and Brandon working. And yeah. we had a lot of service industry come in. And so that was like our handshake shot that That's day amazing. was here. You got to have this Long Island neat. Lighten up. Uh, but you know how Antonio Mata does the like little, big hands, little beer. Small, yeah. So yeah. We're, we're doing it, but like you have to stick it out as far as you can towards the camera. Yeah, that's and, amazing. Like, you're in the background. So how, how is it? Our play. Um, Actually, um, Madeline Kay from Vox came uh-huh. in and had one. And she's like, actually, it's not that bad. It's so, not that bad. <laughs> um, you know, I mean... <sighs> We're, we're using our house spirits, but yeah. like our house is, you know, not bad. It's, it's probably like, pretty good. Yeah, it's like Smirnoff and Beef Eater. Yeah, and, you know, bad. so it's not bad. No. I think it's a lot better than like your average uh, yeah, Tonka you Vodka, like El West Corazon or whatever. Yeah, or something. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, Sour Mix. Yeah. We're oh, using geez. at least fresh li- lemon juice. And, See, I've never had yeah. that kind of experience at the Long Island. <laughs> yeah. That's well, like, you'll have to come in and we'll give you one. <laughs> yeah, I have to try it. Yeah, so that's like, uh, that's just a, like literally started as a joke and now it's like a thing. So, um. Yeah, but I think our general sort of like uh, cocktail program is really oh I keep doing that sorry, oh, sorry. Um, it's just like fun you know yeah, like yeah. not taking ourselves too serious but really quality ingredients and house made stuff and we would take a lot of inspiration from music and uh, riffs on classics and yeah it's great um, yeah Austin is definitely like a big influence for me you know being here for seventeen years so mm-hmm. uh, like our number one selling drink and kind of our like stand or standard is called the Willie's Cup. Oh, nice. And it's a Willie Nelson cocktail, and I put a red bandana and a roach clip on it. Oh, no shit. So it's like, you know, that's sort of like the, it epitomizes sort of the yeah. cocktail program. You're playing to the crowd, which is great. Yeah, and and it's Austin, and it's music, and it's fun, and it's the way it should be, you yeah. know, not too pretentious, just like welcoming and like, yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we can still make a good drink, you know. Yeah, it's so. it, the staff seems really good and the drinks seem really good. Yeah, cool. I have a great menu. staff. I, I got really, really lucky. I hit like the bartender lottery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and thank God because I couldn't have done it without the staff I have. Yeah. Um, they're just, they're all, you know, and I hate to use the word professionals because we come up with shit like the Long Island Iced Tea Neat, but like. At least it looks good. They, they, they know what they need to do yeah. and they show up to work and, you know, they don't call in and they work their asses off. 
and that's all I could ever ask for. Yeah, that's all so, that you need. That's all I need. Yeah, good, good crew dedicated to dedicated. Doing good yeah, things, and we have yeah. fun while we're working. And that's the other thing that's important. Like, yeah. I couldn't handle it if people were too serious. I mean, my job is so serious, and and when I get behind the bar and I'm bartending, that's mm. when I have fun, and that's when we joke around and we come up with shit like the Long Island I see neat. <laughs> it's just fun, you know. Like we it have is. a good time. So I yeah, I really want to try one. I saw yeah. it. I was like. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be yeah. good, but I want to yeah. try it. I'm sure it's good. Actually, sure it's I, I be. haven't tried it, but I, you know, I, I believe in, I believe in it. <laughs> I can't believe I I'm think so that. too. I believe yeah. in it too. I certainly believe. No, so we're starting a movement. A movement. Yeah. Good. We all need a movement. Somebody needs a movement, especially yeah. in Austin. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like things are going really well. And I love that it is named Geraldine's. Yeah. I remember seeing the lovely yeah. guinea fowl. Yeah one of her last nights yeah well uh, coincidentally um you know the hotel's named for the towns van zant family oh yeah, yeah um and towns van zant had a dog named geraldine no kidding yeah so Which coincidentally because it's, it it's is, coincidental oh man completely coincidental actually so it's yeah. but it, it it it's funny how it like simultaneously pays homage to both of us it does like, yeah geraldine like it was a, she was like the rainy street mascot yeah, yeah. Totally it's peaceful and like pecking at your tires. Yeah, <laughs> that was the whole. That was yeah, the whole thing. I I remember like yeah, she would just stand in the middle of the street like um no, you're gonna wait for me to cross. Yeah, and I'm not ready yet. So I love it. Chill. <laughs> Such sass. Yeah, for a guinea she fowl. was. I don't she know was if they're sassy. totally sassy. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's funny when people are like, well, what happened to Geraldine? And you're like, no, uh, oh. it's kind of a sad story. Yeah. She got hit by a drunk driver, but. <sighs> Um, but there's a headstone for her down there, um, like right across from Royal Blue on that little grassy hill. Yeah. There's a little Geraldine's headstone. Okay. That's that's so. at least it's kind of nice. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, Only we're, in we're, Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely like keeping her memory alive for sure. I think it's important to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like stuff's going really well. Yeah. Um, again, I got to stop in really soon. Yeah. And make sure that Brand, Absolutely. Brandon's there as well. Just yeah. You know, it seems like his lame brain idea to do yeah. these, these it to is, lighten it's up. Fun, you, know? you know, yeah, totally fun, totally good person. And that's the thing. Like for me, I'm always like, I'm always like, well, come up with ideas. And like, if they're bad, well, like we can make them good. Yeah. You know, and if they're good, then we'll run with it. You know, like, sure. um, I, I, I want them to constantly come up with weird ideas like that because I can't think of everything. And, yeah. You know, my brain is already so tapped just being Well, you're doing different and, stuff. You know, you're working yeah. on the business, not in the business, right? Yeah, like, I have a lot of the back of the house stuff, you know, yeah. paperwork and schedules and ordering and that kind of stuff. So the crafty, you know, coming up with drinks is like not – I wish it was my first priority, yeah. but it isn't. Um, so, you know, I wrote the initial menus, and now to have staff, they're helping me fill in the menus from yeah. now on. So did you cool. – so it's kind of like the last question to phrase this stuff and, and just kind of make it uh, – Take a moment to reflect, yeah. but it seems like a really wonderful opportunity with a corporate gig, which which mm-hmm. people can they can criticize it all they want, but yeah. it, there is some stability there. Sure. There's some flexibility, some momentum with your career, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Did you ever think that being an art student at oh, in San Diego that that would in some way like yeah. turn into you running this? No, program? and not at all. And like people are always like, "How do you come up with stuff? Like your drinks are so pretty." Yeah, know? and I'm like. Well, I think that's where the art the comes art. in, you know, yeah, like absolutely. I think that it's still in me, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's where I, I now I've turned that sort of part of me into this, um, this aspect of it. Yeah. And so it works. It's, it's definitely cool. And, and I love it. You know, I'm like, oh, that looks so cool. Or what if I did this instead? That right. would be really cool. Serve it in this glass instead. Awesome. You know, it's such so, a cool, it's a cool way to apply what you've learned and what you yeah. really, what you're passionate about. Yeah, you know? Definitely. 
So well, it's been amazing chatting with you, and I've learned so much. Like, <laughs> too much. I, I, I've learned too much about you. I've got to like wash yeah, my hands. I don't, know really, now, yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but you, you certainly have lived an, an American novel of yeah. a life thus far, yeah. and I can't wait to see yeah. what more things you're doing at Geraldine's awesome. and in Austin in general. Thank so thanks so much for chatting. Hey, thanks, man. It's been a lot of fun. Likewise, thank, thank you. Thanks. Well, there we have it. Another wonderful chat. This time with Jen Kaiser, all the way from the West Coast to Midnight Cowboy, to Contigo, to now Geraldine's the chief bar operations person for the Hotel Van Zant and these amazing cocktails coming out of that hotel down on Rainy Street in Austin, Texas. It's a very common story, yet it has this adventurous kind of riff on it. Jen being from the West Coast, getting into trouble as we all do, getting into boys as some of us do, getting into rock music and drinking, which got a you guys haven't got into that by now. I'm not sure when you will, but it all works out. And Jen's work ethic and devotion to spirits, spirits education, not to mention her a massive affinity for bourbon, has led her to a great opportunity here in Austin, Texas. This is probably not the end for Jen, and I imagine the creativity and the success story she'll be able to share with us in the upcoming years will be quite incredible. So thank you everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. You guys need to try the Willie's Cup down there at Geraldine's. You need to try the Muddy Waters cocktail down there at Geraldine's as well. But no matter what the view is like from that pool at the top of that beautiful hotel, please keep dancing. <laughs>